So we are going live and um, let's check if we are already on live ladies and gentlemen if you are already with me right now. Yes, we are on YouTube and please go to uh, tinyurl.com uh, slash um, talk about life or youtube.com c slash talk about life and you've got there I'm not quite sure if you can see this <laughs> there's a huge reflection and um, we are also live on Facebook yes we are and um, ladies and gentlemen you can always go to Facebook group the platinum platform the platinum plat platform by GDM Metropolis Productions um, of Singapore. All right, without further ado, I'd like to um, thank um, the viewers, um, either you're on uh, with us live on uh, at replay or on uh, podcast, on radio. Um, I would like to thank you so much. Today is the 12th of May 2022 and it is 9.12pm right here in Singapore and we are broadcasting live to you from Singapore and also from California. I'd like to welcome Colette. She's my co-host of the today and we will have a very serious topic, uh, but we will talk about the topic a little bit later on. Let's welcome her onto the platform. And this is the third time she's with us. Last year, she was with us, um, uh, particularly as a special guest for the International Summit for Humanity. How are you, Colette, since we last met in November the 27th, 2021? Oh, I'm doing really, really well. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm really excited about the show today and this topic. I think it's a really, really interesting topic. A lot of people are following this trial and things like that. So I'm really excited yeah. to talk about it. And I've really uh, been doing really well. Still in California, San Diego. It's beautiful here. Wow. So, yeah. Tell us about what's happening over there. Update us. You're the co-host today, Colette. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, I live in San Diego. It's really peaceful. It's a beach, a beach city. Yeah. So very laid back lifestyle. People are wow. off and down in like flip flops and shorts. They'll wear like slacks with a button down and, and flip flops. Wow. That's the sunshine state, right? Yes. Um, yes, and Colette, would you like to update us since the last time we met you? Um, you've got some projects um, there, right, um, that you're developing. Would you like to share with the viewers? Sure, and I'll talk a little bit about, um, about my work as we talk about the trial too, because I think okay. it just weaves in so beautifully. Um, looking at Johnny's background and childhood and looking at Amber's background and childhood and the reasons why they had such a tumultuous relationship and why there was so much abuse happening. Um, it's very, very clear for me, for me, from working with so many people, um, how this happened because there's some wounds and things that they didn't heal before going yep. into the relationship that they were able to attract each other. And so um, that's a big part of what 
I help people with is looking at the past wounding, looking at the beliefs and the stories and uh, the fears, all of these underlying uh, subconscious programs that we, we pick up as children because we want to be loved and accepted by our parents and um, or our primary caregivers. And we don't even realize that that's what's running us. We don't even realize that we even have these programs. And so then we end up in these relationships wondering why we're there, wondering why we're staying. And it goes um, like a vicious cycle, right? You can't yeah. come out of it. Yeah, and then you get addicted to these relationships. It's just like any other drug. And so these are all things that um, the Inner Coaching Academy helps with. And so we have a group program called The Core Encounter. Um, where there's you want to like to repeat clearly and slow down a bit uh, regarding your academy and the coaching program and yeah. where people can find it? Yeah, so the Inner Coaching Academy is our group coach or where you can find most of our work. And so we have something called the Core Encounter, which is our group coaching program. And there's three parts. So there's Core Connection, which is where you dive deep into these things, the wounds and the fears and the beliefs mm -hmm. and the stories and the conflicts, all of these things that um, we don't know are there that end up causing the addictions, that end up wow. causing relationships, that end up causing these cycles of poor health and yeah and also normalizing them and thinking that they are expected of any relationship right yeah exactly because they're not it's just our yeah. child programming is, is your view of the world yes is your it, it, you have been programmed by past visions visuals experiences what you say see around you your parents that you think that that is the kind of normal life um collect that's a great um opening um you can go to the inner coaching academy by collect at a facebook um is, is there where they can find you at your facebook yeah it's just collect gallagher my name's on the screen collect laurie gallagher um and then also the and course. then that's where they can find your yeah. yeah okay that's where they can find you so um colette and ladies and gentlemen we are already on live um, on facebook the platinum platform um we're there now um and, and today's topic um colette you know and i've known you for for over a year because you came in in end of january 2021 where we had a very in-depth uh kind of interview with you where you um, revealed um, and shared with us um, some of these uh, historical um, experiences that has kind of left a mark uh, in you. And today's topic is um, violence against women. And when you say violence, not, not only it encompass physical violence, it could be emotional, psychological, um, different ways, right? Um, spiritual too, right? People taking over your cults, isn't it? So we're talking about um, violence against women, physical or mental, and also talking about um, why women uh, are are not believed. Okay, so um, and I'd like to um, uh, share the um, background of this uh, topic that we have. Um, I remember the YouTube, the YouTube uh, movement started in 2018. 
Um, he came up with quite a few people, and I think I remember very clearly Rose McGowan is one of them came up very strongly at, uh, in Hollywood. And then a lot of people coming out, they say it doesn't only exist in Hollywood, it exists in many industries. It exists across women of different color, a different faith, uh, even different age. Uh, and of course, um, uh, not only women, but uh, teens. Um, and also during um, uh, 2021, uh, this, Aim amongst the young female gymnasts, uh, the American young female gymnasts from the Olympics, and they actually uh, testified in Congress uh, about their doctor, uh, appointed doctor by the Olympic Committee, the American Olympic Co Committee, because they needed, they, they are they are in the gym, right? They need to do a lot of high risk actions, so they always have a doctor to assess them to see if they are okay before or after etc so many of these girls they uh, it was revealed that they were sexually abused by the doctor and some of them not knowing um, that it was an abuse at that time because they were so young some could be just like pre-teens 7 to 13 and there were a few of them were even groomed by the sexual um, uh, the doctor who says that oh I'm in love with you I'll wait for you when you grow up when you come back you know so a lot of such lies were actually um, kind of you know they, they, they have this manipulated uh, uh, vision that you know they are in a relationship but the doctor was saying this over to many of the young girls so that kind of like blew um, I should say blew the cover about you know young girls too, not only women in Hollywood. And, and I'd like to throw this to you, um, uh, Colette, uh, as a co-host, because we're going uh, into a very deep and um, just be as candid um, as you like um, about your situation, about your understanding about uh, what happens to a woman, uh, you know, during that you know the victimization process and then after the guilt process and also like what you say um, you know a lot of things are revealed in the johnny Depp and amber uh, trial um the first question um, for you um uh colette would you like to share your story first um as an introduction before we go into more uh, more serious questions Sure. Yeah, you brought up so many little talking points uh, that I think are really important. But as far as my story goes, so um, my mom was married four times and her first her first husband was my dad. <clears throat> and I, my first stepfather was um, a cocaine dealer. And so there was a lot of drugs going on in the house. Um, my mom was an addict. And so there was just a lot happening. And I'm like four years old, I'm just like a little kid. And my mom, you know, she's a working mom. And I was left alone a lot with mm -hmm. my stepfather and his family, who was also abusive. And so I was, you know, I was so young that, you know, it, I, I felt uncomfortable and it felt weird, but he would ask me to do things. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. well, he's big and he's scary. and. So I'm just gonna do what he asks me to do. And so I did. 
And so, and then um, his, I, some, I was left with some family members too, who would also violate me sexually. And I just remember being so uncomfortable, but not really knowing what was happening. And then they would tell me not to say anything or, you know, he's like, don't tell your mom, um, you know, and I was scared of him because he was he was physically violent with her. And so, wow. yeah, I just remember not wanting to tell anyone because it, it was confusing. I remember being very confused because he was asking me to like touch him and he was touching me and doing different things. And yeah, I just remember being very uncomfortable with the whole situation and then not telling anyone and then not even knowing if it was even a big deal because little mm. kids, they don't even realize like, okay, this is weird. I've never had anyone else ask me to do this, yeah. but um, yeah, it's just very confusing. And so I remember yeah. as, you know, growing up when we finally had like sex education in school um, and learning about things, I was like, oh, okay. You know, this wasn't okay. And so I finally yeah. told my mom. How long did that um, abuse, um, situation um, last. How long a period did it last? I don't really remember. I would say six months to a year. Yeah. But that yeah. was, I mean, even that one encounter, even with one encounter, someone encroaching into your sacred space that God has forgiven. As a child, you just kind of knew from your gut feeling that, hey, this is uncomfortable. It's not something um, I, I I kind of like or can accept, but yet you can't put a word on it because you were so young. And then on top of that, you were kind of warned and threatened, right? So um, tell us psychologically what kind of effect it had on your mind, even though yeah, you're going to school, you're talking to your friends, you're eating normal, um, you're still interacting, you know, that's one side of you is still normal, right? But there's another side of you, um, like a lot of us, when we go through certain things, we just kind of get crushed inside and we don't know how to verbalize that. And of course, we didn't know it because you were, you were like um, four, four years old at that time. Yeah, and then on top of it, I ended up getting um, taken by child. Well, I was taken by child protective services as well, and so there was a lot happening where it was like, like I can't, yeah, I can't talk, right? So I was, I was a very chatty child. I love talking to people. I, I mean, I yeah. talked to truckers at truck stops. I talked to everyone, but I always felt so isolated, and I always felt. Like I had to be so careful about what I said because I didn't oh, want to get yes. from my mother. Yeah. Wow. You know? Because I I felt like I had to protect my mother from this abuse. Um, somehow I thought my little, you know, my little four-year-old self, or as I got older as a child, I felt like it was my responsibility to protect my mom. And so I wanted to stay with her. Um, and so I didn't want to tell anyone what was happening at home. Um, because my other stepfathers were also physically abusive as well. So growing up, there was a lot of violence in my house and I didn't want to tell anyone. And so it was like, I didn't want to make friends. I didn't want to have friends over to my house. I didn't want anyone to 
to see my mom and see how mean she was because my mom was very emotionally abusive towards me, like always yelling at me, calling me names, and it would come out of nowhere. And so I didn't want to know. Um, it was very embarrassing as a child for her to yeah. just start screaming at me in public. Yeah. And so yeah. there was a lot of hiding on just my Just too much. Yeah. It's just too much for you to handle because life yeah. is just throwing you, throwing you everywhere. Yeah. And you were so young then and, and you kind of feel um, like, I don't know, I'm not even sure if there's any word to describe like helpless. So when, um, would you like to share with us and then we talk a bit about, um, you know, the trial of um, Johnny Depp and her, not because you want to talk about the trial, but some of these things that probably bring back your memories and, some of, and what are these issues? Um, would to talk about um, uh, emotionally feel bitter? Did you feel angry? Did you feel besides confused? Did you feel like um, you're not worthy? What did it do to you as a being? Yeah, for me it was more loneliness. I mean, I was angry, of course. Like I wasn't. I was more angry at my at my mom for leaving me alone with these people. Because I remember telling, like, asking her, like, I don't want to go. Like, I don't want to be here with this person. Like, don't leave me here. And she's like, it's okay. You're fine. Like, I've got to go. You know, because she had, she was working. She had things to do. So she had to leave me there. And so um, I was really mad at her for choosing these husbands, for leaving me, like, for putting me in these situations. Uh, so there's a lot of anger. And just a lot of um, loneliness because I felt like I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't tell people. I had to pretend that everything was okay. That yeah, exactly. Was perfect. Exactly. And and um, I would like to bring you fast forward to the time whereby you are older. You kind of uh, I'm not sure if you should use the word confronted her. Where, where there was a time that you you did tell me that you revealed to her and she didn't she didn't believe you at all yeah when i was like around 10 or 11 i did bring it up to her i kind of mentioned it just to see what she would say and see you know her reaction and she um, did not believe me because she said well why didn't you tell me earlier why did you wait till now um that was something that you made up for attention yeah Oh wow. So how did you feel? Were you further crushed? Were you further angry? And that kind of, did it break the relationship between you and your family? No, um, I, I didn't know what I was expecting from mm. her. Um, I was a little like hurt. I mean, I was very, very hurt, of course, mm. because, um, you know, I expected her to say, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe that happened or something. But instead, she got very angry, and, and she told me later it was because of the guilt, you know? Like, it was just too much for her to handle, and, like, the whole situation in the first place was a lot for her to be in that situation, because he was way more violent. She was, yeah. She was um, also a victim of, of violence yeah. at that time. And she, she just had a lot of, yeah, a lot of mom guilt, you know, feeling bad. She didn't protect me and take care of me, so it was, like, too much for her to even... So at what age? Were you then that she started to accept the reality? Yeah, in my 20s, I think she finally believed me and she apologized and she still apologizes oh. now. Um, 
like, you know, I'm so sorry that I put you in that situation. I feel horrible. I can't believe that I did that. Now she's very like apologetic and she'll talk about it and she doesn't want to talk about it, but she'll, you know, try to explain things to me and what happened. And, and now she's very apologetic, but yeah, it wasn't until, you know, I'm in my twenties that she believed me. So fast forward to, um, the current affairs now, um, uh, you know, this is um, the trial between uh, Johnny Depp versus um, Amber Heard. Um, it grips the world. Um, even I'm in Singapore, I read the news every day. Um, you know, the, I mean, the news as in you are thrown by the internet through YouTube to Facebook and through um, the Instagram that I subscribe to. You know, the commentaries from the internet trial by public, um, you know, people are giving their opinions, etc. Um, uh, now, this is gripping because um, you've got a hyper superstar like Johnny Depp, good-looking, cool, um, you know, you know that Hollywood macho man, and then you've got Amber Heard, like she was voted at one time the perfect face of the world. Um, you know, the dimensions of the structure of the face, you know, at that time. Um, you know, one of the most beautiful uh, women. And, and and tell us in this particular um, trial that it's ongoing every day. Every day we've got new snippets of news coming out. Um, does, does, does it bring anything um, to you in terms of historical memories, um, the past, is there anything that you would like to bring or anything that you would like to further off? So it's interesting because I'm going to be honest. I, I wasn't really following like anything of the trial, but my whole Facebook news feed is full of clips. <laughs> and um, on TikTok, they had it live. So that yes. was awesome for you. So even though mm -hmm. I had no interest in following this trial, it was like yeah. in my feed. And what yeah. I was seeing was like clips of people making fun of Amber. And it was like very like pro Johnny Depp. And so I was thinking about how men are abused too. So that was my first thing that mm -hmm. came up for me was like, yeah. there's a lot of men that are sexually abused and mm -hmm. uh, physically abused. But um, in, our, in America, I don't know how it is yeah. in Singapore. Yeah. But in America, it's like, oh, they make fun of you. Oh, you were beaten by your wife. You know, they kind of brush it off. Like, oh, you're a man, you know, you're bigger. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not abused, yeah. but their women are very violent. Like I've seen women being very abusive to men or even men yeah. being abused, you know, stepfathers abusing their, their stepsons mm. or, you know, and yeah. so that's one thing that I think, um, is important to bring to light because mm. people think it's all women that are being, mm. um, are being abused. And so, yeah. um, that was the first thing that I thought of was, mm. wow, you know, I thought, because based on these few clips yeah. that were very probably carefully matriculated was like, oh wow, Amber is very abusive. And that's all I thought. But then because I was preparing for this interview, I went through and I kind of read through some of the things that happened in the trial and um, what happened with Johnny and Amber. And um, it was really interesting because Amber shared her story with the newspaper a few, like five years ago. And so Hollywood, everyone had already painted Johnny Depp as an abuser and he lost mm. jobs. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of things that I didn't know. And I'm just watching these little clips, you know, Amber mm. 
um, you know, went to the bathroom on his bed and Amber's making things up and Amber was an actress and she, she wants attention. And so I'm seeing all of, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first thing that I wanted to bring up because men are abused as well. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important. I think they were both abused. I think Johnny, you know, you might, he, people think, oh, well, she wasn't, you know, beaten or bloody or whatever. But, you know, he was very manipulative and that is a form of abuse. If you have a partner that's telling you, you know, what to wear or making fun of your outfits or- and saying that you look ugly and making you like feel lousy. Exactly. Yeah, that's abuse. And people don't see it as abuse because there's so many little things because, of, mm. you know, parents are like this, right? Our parents tell us these things. Oh, you shouldn't wear yeah, that. Exactly. And so we think these things are love. Honestly, a lot of oh, people. Oh, wow, you're right. Yeah. Um, like, oh, they care about me. They don't want me to get hurt. So they want me to cover up. You know, we, we, we think it's caring, but it's actually yeah. control and manipulation. And that is a yeah. form of abuse. Yeah. And when but, you do otherwise means you are equal to bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. wow. in a healthy relationship, your partner yeah. will make you feel good. You know, and if there's yeah. something affirmation. Yeah, and if they're worried about you, if they're truly concerned about, you know, what you're wearing, then they'll bring it up in a very respectful manner. You know, honey, I'm, I'm sorry, I just want to mention, you know, your dress, I can see your underwear. I don't know if that's the impression you want to give. You know, there's like nice ways yeah. of saying things, and then there's yeah. ways of saying things where it just shuts you down. And then the Exactly, exactly. Even jealousy can bring people closer together but not when it's like, oh, you're sleeping with your coworker and I want to go mm. through your phone and there's like a tax, mm. right? There's a difference yeah. between a healthy relationship where, you know, I'm feeling really jealous right now. Yeah. You know, your coworker is really attractive and, you know, I'm worried, you know, I see there's like a bond there. I'm worried that something might be, there's ways of communicating, but we're, most people aren't taught these ways of communicating. And so they're just mm. in reaction they feel insecure, they feel upset, and then they're triggered, and then there's yelling, and and it's all of it is very unhealthy, but it's also very common, and so people don't even realize that it's not healthy. Yeah, you were saying that you wanted to share with us about the Inner Healing Academy and some of the things, subject matter, that um, is covered in, in this trial. Would you like to highlight a couple of things? Yeah, so... It was really interesting as I was doing this research. I mm. had I didn't I've never really looked into Johnny Depp's background, but mm. um, it came up in the trial that his father um, was abused by his mother. Mm. He was talking about how his mom was very um, verbally abusive towards his father, and his father was quiet. He never hit her, but the mom, his mom would hit his dad. So he grew up in a household where it was normal for the woman to be yelling and violent and hitting and smacking man. Amber grew up in a household where her dad was abusing drugs. So for her, it was very normal to grow up in a household with a man that does drugs. And since now you look at Amber and Johnny, Johnny's doing drugs, he's angry, he's erratic, just like her dad. And Johnny's in a relationship where the woman's hitting him, yelling, Mm. just like his mother. Mm. So 
these are the types of things that happen when you don't heal your inner your inner wounds and and get complete with everything and and realize where your patterns come from and so that's what we do inside of our patterns. programs yeah you're right because when you talked about patterns it's such a powerful word in this context right and for example when amber um you said amber grew up in an environment where there are drugs uh lying around because the dad was a drug pusher um, was doing drugs and that seemed normal and when there isn't drugs around then that seemed not normal and when right. the, the dad is abusive um snorting drugs whatever and the husband does that she finds it's a very she finds that's the place you know because it reminded her of her childhood right and you can't really distinguish the right and the wrong because you are just normalizing it it's not about right and wrong now it's about the feeling that hey that was it before then this is it now so it must be right <laughs> isn't it um yeah uh, and what's so it's like a pattern right yeah and what's interesting you can't get is, out of it yeah because yeah, even if you know like consciously hey it's not good to be with someone doing drugs their behavior is erratic they're doing these things because we have a program of what love is because mm. it feels yes. like love it feels like the love that we got from our caregivers we can consciously know this isn't healthy right because mm. as little kids we consciously knew it wasn't healthy that our mom was screaming at us mm. or my mom my dad was like smacking my mom like we mm. know that's not okay but that's like in our subconscious, that's love to us. It feels yeah. like yes. security yeah. and uncertainty or that like, yeah. Yeah. because yeah. our brains actually produce drugs. They produce dopamine, they produce serotonin, they produce different chemicals when we're in these different environments. Mm. And then we think that that feeling is love, mm. even if it's mm. really unhealthy. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, and you are made to believe that's love because that's the only thing you know. Yeah. Right, and if you only see black color and you only think that the world is black in color, the rest of it is not a color. You know, it's like you only believe in a particular pattern, and you go to that kind of cycle again, and you can't get out. And, and the next question, um, Khaled, this is, um, you know, this is real. It's fascinating, um, but it's painful for people who are going through it or have gone through it. Um, like when you go through these um, reading of the news, you know. I wouldn't say news, but I would say the media, social media, that comes onto you. Um, uh, does it bring anything in you, your memories, your history, um, any scars before that you had? Well, as I was saying, I didn't really follow it. And I think maybe that's part of why I don't follow okay. these trials. I don't follow the mm. things like this because mm. um, it feels like an invasion of privacy almost. And maybe that's my own stuff, you know, not wanting to talk about it, not wanting everybody to know. And yeah. I so it's like I don't really follow. Yeah, yeah, and, and I like to bring in general, but yeah, I, I like to bring up this particular um, instance. Um, I don't really follow, but because it's like it's just in your face now. That's the only thing that people are obsessed with. It's almost like the Kim Kardashian dress, you know. It's like the over reporting of something just comes onto you. It kind of like, kind of like push everything aside. Um, I have this feeling from from someone who's not in America. Um, you know, looking at the news out there, and we don't have a lot of abusive news here, 
uh, not a lot you know snippets of it you know things that kind of like drip 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 um, um, for whatever reason because it's not reported it's just swept under the carpet people accept it whatever it's a cultural thing so it's not that much in your face but when you've got a news like that it's so much in your face through the social media um, I have the feeling that um, just in general without even knowing their background is but I, what I hear or the creation of a, a, a feeling that I have got from the social media is yes, let's not trust this woman, whatever she says. Um, whatever she says is just a lie, she's a cheater, she's out there for the money, uh, she's there for the publicity, she wants to get the top job, she was jealous of her husband's career, um, don't trust her, she's such a fantastic actress. I mean, that's that's a reinforcement of the news that just comes onto me again and again without knowing the details. Uh, without even knowing their history, their background. I've not even watched their movies. I just know that they are stars, you know, they're celebrities from Hollywood. Um, I kind of feel worried about judgment guide or trial by internet. That's one thing. And number two, about mistrust of women. That is there a kind of subliminal, subliminal um, thing um, about not trust or um, our people, you know, he's um, just not trusting women. It's like, okay, she doesn't know a lot of things. She's not educated. Um, whatever th- she says, it's not, that's not going to make sense. You know, is, is that part of it, um, Colette? Yeah, and you think about any type of abuser. An abuser yeah. is always going to paint the picture that their victim is crazy. And this is just like oh. textbook. And so... Um, it's really interesting because, um, you know, history, like there's in America, it's like violence against women is just, was just common. You know, men own their wives and if they wanted to beat them, you just didn't talk about it because it was a woman's fault. They just so say that you deserve that because you broke the glass. Yeah, right. And so... Because or you didn't wake up the children on time. Yeah, it's so ingrained, I think, and so it's mm. really great actually that the me too movement happened and so many things are coming out that it's not okay all of these things that have just been kind of in you know close the door no don't talk about this no one's gonna know even like in i grew up in the 80s that's how it was you know people were being abused and you just close the door nobody talked about it and so i think it's so important that we keep talking about it we keep bringing it up because the the abuser is always going to make the other person look crazy and so you see that in this trial both sides are trying to make the other one look crazy. Look crazy. Yeah. yeah, they had a psychologist come and evaluate Amber, but then it turns out that that psychologist that said that Amber was like borderline personality disorder, like um, she diagnosed Amber with these things. She's not even a clinical, she's not even a licensed psychologist. She's not mm. registered. And so then you, they had another psychologist. They tried to just discredit each other. Right. Wow. Exactly. And that's and, what happens. And then you do not know what, what the truth is anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like like your, yourself, were, were there any instance whereby you doubted your own truth? You doubted yourself. Like, oh, maybe it's like, it's not that. I'm just making it up. Maybe it's not as bad as I imagine. That, does, that, does that 
But has that occurred to you before? Yeah, and that's something that I was told a lot as a child. Oh, wow. You know, like, suck it up. You know, you're fine. Mm. Or my mom would make fun of me when I cried. Oh, you're such a mm. baby, you know. Um, oh, uh, yeah, there's there's nothing wrong. You know, let me give mm. you something to cry about. And so I was very, um, like, dismissed. Mm. And so, yes. yeah, dismissed. and so even like though I like I even like I justify it like oh yeah I was sexually molested but there's so much worse right there's women that yeah. were abused for years there's there's women girls that grew up when they were raped every single day like I didn't have yeah. it that bad so yeah. it's like that justification of like oh it wasn't yeah. that bad. it wasn't that that bad because people had it worse right. to kind of like numb yourself right, right? um Final two questions. Um, you know, this trial is made public. Um, sometimes in Singapore, um, because you want to protect the women's uh, image and a woman's future, privacy or her safety, you don't want to put it up in the public. A lot of uh, a trial in court is actually um, a closed door. The media does not have access because it's really between the perpetrator and the victim and the outcome of it. And, and this is put out there into the world. And and with even without um, knowing their background or knowing you know, what's the outcome, I think the process of it, I think it's very damaging um, to both sides. You know, you've got Johnny Depp, um, you know, he loses his job and, and you will have another, you have a woman there who probably is going to lose um, a lot of uh, I mean, credibility, um, image, uh, she's going through a lot of humiliation. Um, the world is like now divided, you know, about her. Um, and how is she going to stand up and face the future to look for a job, for example? Um, I, I don't know. I just, what do you think? What would you think, Colette? Yeah, and I think that's an important topic because a lot of women don't come forward because they don't want to even see their abuser again. They don't yeah, want to see true. him before yeah. because then they're going to have to see him and talk about it and say everything that he did. And it that guy is scary. I mean, he abused this woman. Um, so a lot of victims don't come forward just for that reason, even if it wasn't a public thing, even if no one else yeah. knew, just for the fact that she's going to have to be in a room with this abuser again, who's now she's traumatized, you know, and you have to relive that in the public and the whole world knows that you are abused in the worst sense. I mean, um, you know, you know, Amber Heard, um, she, she's really been abused in the worst sense, um, uh, Colette. Okay, um, I think we have lost Colette there. Um, we'll, we'll probably have to have her come on again. So ladies and gentlemen, we'll come back on um, the show um, tomorrow uh, with Colette Laurie Galea. Um, so it's been such a deep uh, talk to me, um, ladies and gentlemen.